Welcome into another week and another episode of the Young Dad Podcast, presented by Ball Boy Media. Young Dad Podcast is hosted by your favorite young brothers, Jay and Aaron. It's about that time for you to pull up a chair, grab a juice box, grab a snack, and let's talk with our guest today, Matthew, your host of the Girl Dad Nation Podcast. Matthew is a proud girl dad, and he loves sharing the joys of raising daughters. He has been blessed to be a dad, and that brings him immense joy. And today's recording is filled with joy, laughter, insight, and just a great conversation about faith, grounding, where we're rooted, and some awesome advice at the end. So you'll want to get comfy, put that straw in your juice box, open your snack, and let's talk. Welcome in to another episode of the Young Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Jay, and joining me today is the host of the Girl Dad Nation Podcast, Matthew. Matthew, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, man. It's no problem. Thanks for joining me today. Matthew, I want to introduce you to the listeners just a little bit, uh, then I'm going to have you introduce yourself, but you became a dad in 2019. You said that being a dad in a lot of ways is the most challenging, but also the most rewarding. You want to be the best man you can, growing every day for your wife and for your kids. You're a proud girl dad, obviously girl dad nation. You share the joys (laughs) of raiding daughters. You love being creative with your kids, inspiring their imaginations and building their confidence, which is so important. But go ahead and tell us anything else you want us to know about you, the person, the host, and just about your platform, Girl Dad Nation, and how it got started. Yeah, well, it's awesome to be on with another fellow Girl Dad. And uh, when I had my daughters, I was just so excited uh, to first be a dad, but then also the challenge of raising girls. And to be honest, I didn't know the first thing about raising girls. Um, I didn't grow up with sisters or anything like that. Um Honestly, like my wife is still a mystery in a lot of ways. So uh, it's just been a really fun journey um, just being able to uh, connect with my daughters, be able to connect with my wife now on this parenting journey, um, and then hopefully encourage and inspire other dads uh, on this journey as well. So yeah, that's kind of (laughs) how that started. Uh, But my oldest is four now, and then I've got a two-year-old and a nine-month-old, and it's just been a crazy ride. So yeah. That's awesome, man. So you have three kids under four. To me, that yes. sounds yeah. <laughs> like a bit of a roller coaster ride because mine are six and almost three now. So okay, I'm yeah, past, I'm past that baby, the baby, baby phase. But how do you guys do it with the three under four roller coaster? Yeah, it's just taking it one day at a time. You know, there's good mornings. Um, everyone's in good spirits, and then there's uh, mornings kind of like today where we make the wrong breakfast and, uh, there is a meltdown because they have waffles instead of French toast sticks or whatever. And then, and then we try to load up the car and get to school on time or late usually or whatever, however that works. But, um, yeah, but you just have to just realize that you're in the moment. Um, try to do the best you can and uh, try to learn every step of the way, um, every day, <laughs> try to grow. So, yeah. I love that. So how did Girl Dad Nation start? Like what, 
was the idea behind it? What sparked it? What kind of led you down the path to podcasting and, you know, sharing the, sharing the moments and the, the fun behind being a girl dad? Yeah, well, it was ambitious for sure, because when I started it, my oldest was only two. And to add one more thing to the daily routine, um, uh, along working a kind of normal nine to five job, um, I work full time and then my wife also works full time. So uh, she's amazing. She's a social worker. And uh, just between the two of us, like trying to balance like our career ambitions, and then this was sort of a fun, creative outlet for me. Um, yeah, it, a lot, like a lot of people, um, starting sort of a passion project during the pandemic, um, having more time at home, kind of reprioritizing values and being a dad was one of my biggest values, uh, like one of my biggest, um, challenges and ultimately like where I'm called to as a dad and as a husband. So, I wanted something that just fueled that natural calling um, in my role in those things, uh, but also was something fun and also as a way of being able to reach out to the community, um, learn from other dads. Uh, I just had so many people in my community that I looked up to and wanted to learn from. And yeah, it's just been amazing so far, uh, just every conversation I've been able to have through the podcast. I love that. And I can 100% agree. That's kind of where the podcast started for us too, where it was a it was a creative outlet kind of project. Because before this, I already had had my, my website, my blog and stuff for mm -hmm. previous to this, writing about sports, baseball, doing that, and podcasting. I had taken a really long extended break from podcasting. I had a podcast going. I was like 20 or 30 episodes into sports podcasts. I was really into it, had a lot of fun with it. And then uh, the divorce happened, and then everything kind of just took a break after that, like a very long hiatus. Um, then I kind of picked it back up. My brother and I were trying to figure out we wanted to do something, but we weren't sure what we were going to do. And then all of a sudden, one day, it kind of just came to me. I was like, this is the name. This is the idea. This is what we're going to do. These are 15 topics we can talk about. This is how we'll structure it and kind of thing. So then we kind of we launched a little bit more than a year ago. and. You know, it's been, it's been fun. I mean, much like you, you know, it's been, there's a ton of dads that I've looked up to and I've added more to that list, just like other dads and other people I've been able to talk to and connect with through the podcast who are just like really cool people. Well, they're also like really awesome parents with perspectives and different perspectives and different lived experience. And I just think that's so interesting when it comes to doing, being on this side. It's like you get to learn all the different lived experiences and whatnot stay-at-home dads, stay-at-home moms, yeah. you know, comedians and life coaches and mindset coaches and all these different walks of life and how they got their platforms and why they started their platforms. Everyone has a different reason um, and why they want to share. But ultimately, it comes down to wanting to better ourselves for our kids. And I think that's just incredible because especially having girls as a dad, it's a big responsibility, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to say that I admire what you're doing, and I think that it's great that you still do the podcast um, and you're still dedicated as a father. I know that you have um, different challenges sometimes than uh, what I would have just day to day, but I think that it's great that like you're doing your platform and um, just connecting the way that you can uh, to your kids. 
Yeah, and I think that's that's a lot of what it's about for us. You know, it's like we're not only connecting for ourselves and for our kids, but we're also trying to share perspectives and stories for other people that need to hear it. You know, something I've always said and something I've always believed, you know, since we started this, like if we reach one person and this makes an impact on one person somewhere about something, one little thing we said, like it's a complete success, you know, money, sponsors, whatever, that's all arbitrary. It is what it is. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it happens, doesn't, you know, that's kind of always been the attitude. But if we can not only impact someone, but if we can also be a vessel for good to share a message and to share a story or to, you know, help our community of dads out there, then, you know, it's, it's a success at the end of the day, just based yeah. on that alone. Yeah, I completely agree. You have to do it for you first. And that's mm -hmm. what I've said too, is like every guest, every conversation that I've had, like has to be for me before it's like trying to reach millions or get whatever sponsorships or whatever. Like it's got to mm -hmm. first be something that I find value in. Yeah. And the people I talk to, like, I'm not, I get DMs frequently, much probably like yourself of there's people who are interested in being guests. And it's like, I don't, I don't know anything about you as a person. Like, I'm sure you're great. But like I see it all the time on like different dad groups on Facebook and stuff. Got people, guys who have a podcast and I just want these random dads and stuff on. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Like if that's your thing and that's what you're going for, like great. But I have other friends, many of the dad casters and the network that we're the nation that we're kind of in, the tribe I guess we're in, it's like we all kind of have each other. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, that's our circle because like we all follow each other on our socials and we keep up with each other, watch each other's reels. Like we know what the other person's about when we establish that connection or we go off recommendations, you know, like, yeah. oh, I saw that you connected with Everyday Parents podcast. I listened to their podcast. I saw you on there. I saw they were on yours. Obviously, you guys see eye to eye on a lot of things like let's then connect us kind of thing. And I think it's really interesting yeah. how like our dad casting network works because it's not that <laughs> big, but it's very, very good. Yeah. I think it's part of a bigger conversation. Like it's great to have conversations with different people and see how the story continues to unfold over like a long period of time over multiple relationships um, with different perspectives and everything like that. And that's also part of the beauty of podcasting is it's sort of longer form than just like short reels or TikTok videos and stuff like that. Like you can really start to get into the heart of the content and the story. Yeah. And I think that's the best part is being able to talk about the story and talk about the context and provide the, provide the why, why these other podcasters are doing what, like why you're doing what you're doing or why everyday parents do what they do or why, you know, Hilf and Don Brody, why she does what she does and where her inspiration comes from. Like, that's the part that I love hearing, like where you find your inspiration. Of course, we'll get into that a little bit later, but it's, it's awesome. Like that's the joys of podcasting is that we don't, we do it for ourselves first and foremost. Like the listens are great. The downloads are great. All that arbitrary stuff is great. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what matters is I'm getting value out of it. I'm hearing perspective. I'm making a new connection. I'm making a new friend, adding someone new I can talk to. That's awesome. And just adding to my network of people. So it's 
that's a fun part of it. But for you, you mentioned like, so every guest that I have on, I send them questions. You have to fill out a questionnaire. Mm-hmm. It's like a prerequisite. Yes, we can still be friends, even though you like pineapple on pizza. I, I know. I thought the interview would be over by that <laughs> after I, that question. It's a very debatable. It's, I've thought about it a couple of times, um, but then I read what you say <laughs> after that, and then I give you a chance. But no, yeah. I'm joking. I hope I, I hope to gain back credibility after I said I like pineapple on my pizza. <laughs> so far, so good. But you specifically mentioned there, like you love being creative with your kids, inspiring their imagination, and building their confidence building confidence in your kids, but let alone in your daughters is probably a top three thing you can do for your daughters. Ultimately, like from my experience, granted, I'm only a couple years ahead of you, but like building your confidence in your kids, but in your daughter specifically now, especially with your ages is gonna like last lifetimes. And it's so important because our girls need confidence. I was single for about two years. I recently um, been dating a girl for the past six, seven months. Um, We've known each other for two years. We got engaged like a month ago. So obviously I'm not under that moniker as much anymore. But while I was dating, like you, and I don't, I'm not trying to say this to like trash or bag on anyone, but you can see like how how do I say this where it doesn't sound awful, but it's probably going to sound awful, but you know how people don't have that value of themselves. Or I see it all the time in dad's group as well. Like the same saying, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm just going to say single. Nobody wants me. Nobody, you know, nobody's going to want, want me kind of thing. I've been there. I was there for a while being single. Like, Oh, I come with all this baggage and I don't have that confidence. And everyone feels like that, especially on dating apps. I mean, it reeks of, bad lack of self-confidence um but for you what kind of things are you doing even now with you know three under four to build that confidence in your daughters yeah well i think the media in a lot of ways um we're marketed to in ways that we um that we're painted in in a way that we feel like we need to constantly improve like and I know men just as well as women feel that pressure. Like we're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. We're not good looking enough, all these kinds of things. And it's, it's men and women. I think that we all kind of suffer from uh, feeling less than we should be. And there's positives in ways that we try to inspire ourselves to improve every day. I think that's like a good thing to like look for ways that we can improve but not to the detriment of feeling that we don't deserve value. That, and I think that just naturally, like we all have value. We have this um, innate human dignity. Um, we're created good. Um, we're created beautiful. Um, and I think that like, as we grow up, there's all these different messages, but I think it's so important as parents to tell our kids that they are valued that we love them, that, you know, they're beautiful, but also that they're strong, they're confident, like they're smart, all these kinds of things. Um, that value goes way beyond just 
like beauty. Like there's all these different ways that we can encourage our kids and they're learning every single day. It's amazing just in four years, how much my oldest has learned. And she's learning now from uh, her other sisters and, and the ones younger than her look up to their older sister and say, yeah, like I want to do what my older sister does and things that my older sister or says about like movies or characters and that kind of stuff. Like they want to do whatever that trend is mm -hmm. that they see in the other. So um, I think that like, as long as we can continue to try to maintain that positive environment at home, um, then when they're sent off into the quote real world, um, but my oldest is now in preschool. And so she's going to preschool, interacting with other friends, um, different family lives at home and stuff like that. But she knows when she comes home, she's coming home to a home that is loving, that cares for her, that's building up those values. And then hopefully she can just mirror all of those things to her friends so that her friends can look to her as this person who is confident and see confidence in themselves and, and all of those kinds of things. 100%. And I think you, you hit the nail right on the head there. You know, it's, you know, you, your oldest is doing a good job being the oldest when their younger siblings want to <laughs> be like them. Cause that's not always the case in families is where you want to be like your older brothers or sisters in this instance, like, you don't always want to do the exact same things all the exact same times that they're doing them. But when it is, it's like your oldest is doing something right. If that's the yeah. case, I feel, cause it's like my younger one wants to do everything with her sister, everything like her sister, watch the same shows, do the same things, wear the same clothes, wear the same kind of clothes. If the older one's wearing a dress, she wants to wear a dress. If she's wearing a t-shirt and shorts, she wears t-shirt and shorts. Um, you know, if she eats, a yogurt, she wants a yogurt. She gets a granola bar, she gets a granola bar. Like everything has to match. Yeah. And I think this part of that's being fair and equal and wanting the same amount of attention, but like it's always like if the older one's getting something, she's always thinking like, okay, I gotta grab two because I gotta get myself and I gotta get my sister one. I always gotta yeah. get that plus one and stuff. And I think that's very telling of, you know, how she's been raised you know she's been raised to you know be look out for her younger siblings and to think about them like if i'm getting a snack then i know she's probably gonna want a snack so i should probably get her one yeah. before i get told to go back and grab her one because i didn't get one um for but building that confidence like you said it's beyond the the beauty my daughter's absolutely beautiful they're cute yeah. they're beautiful they're smart they're funny but it's beyond that. It's beyond like the value. Like you're so creative, like you're so smart. You have such great imagination, you know, complimenting yeah. them, showering with compliments, like telling them specifically what they're good at, but also yeah. not being afraid to, I think it's really hard and there's a line for girl dads, but don't be afraid to critique and help them be tough and to be strong and to take that constructive criticism because then if they know that you're coming at it from a place of love as their, as their dad, it's going to be well-received very well in yeah. other places at school and whatnot. And then they know that they know, then they know the difference between being critiqued or corrected versus being told yeah. something they're doing is just plain wrong by someone yeah, else absolutely. later down the line and being misled that way. And 
the confidence aspect of it is everything, especially as they get older and older. In my conversations with other dads, with older girls, like the confidence plays a huge key in their future relationships, in their future friendships, in their future romantic relationships, in all of it. Because if they're not confident, then they're going to get mistreated easily, more easily. They're going to get, you know, they're heartbroken more. They're going to be taken advantage of more. And it's just not going to be a pretty picture in the end. Um, Yeah. But versus if they're confident and they know exactly like, oh, I'm, I'm smart. I'm talented. I'm creative. I add value. I'm valuable. I have worth beyond my looks. And, you know, that bar is going to be, the bar is going to be set for you. You're not going to have to set that bar and have those conversations because they're already have happened or they're already happening throughout her life. Um, to for when that time comes there's a lot less to worry about because you constantly have those conversations regarding like your value her worth or what she adds you know and she's gonna know like oh this isn't being respected and it starts with it starts with us as their dad to set that bar and to set that example it's not only in the example how you treat them and how you talk to them but also how you interact with your partner you know yeah with your wife. For me, you know, I have to be very kind to their mother still. Obviously, I'm going to yeah. she's the mother of my children. I'm going to be kind to her regardless. But, you know, seeing that I ch- still treat her with respect. Also, now my new fiance, how we interact, you know, it's very loving. It's very, um, there's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of fun. And it, it's different. You know, things are changing and they're different. Um, but they're, it's good. So. That confidence piece is huge, a huge piece of it. Yeah. And I also think that it starts with relationship. I think that the stronger the relationship is, the better that you can instill the confidence or even offer critique. Um, Because without the relationship, like if you try to tell some, this is, this is not just for parents. This is for anyone. Like it's for friends. It's for family. Like if you try to critique somebody, it's got to come from a place of relationship because otherwise like you'll get critique all over the place. Like I mentioned the, the media, like school, um, all sorts of different places, different people in your community. It might just be someone at the grocery store. Like, like I get comments all the time. Like you have your hands full when I'm bringing my, all of my kids through the grocery store. I get that comment pretty often um, or people saying different things or looks and stuff like that. You'll get critique mm-hmm. all over the place, but people aren't receptive to that. We aren't receptive to that unless there's a relationship built on trust mm-hmm. and also knowing that the person giving that critique or giving that affirmation is coming from a place of true love that Mm -hmm. they want what's best for you. And sometimes that is a critique like, Hey, like that behavior wasn't good. (laughs) You know, like you need Mm to, um, you're like, I spend so much time on my phone sometimes. And when my daughter is like, daddy, you've been on your phone for a long time. It's like, man, that hurts. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's, that's coming from a place of love because she's like, I want to spend time with you. And I owe that Mm -hmm. to her. If someone just randomly was like, Oh, it looks like this guy's just on his phone. I'm like, well, Hey, it's my phone. I have the right to do that. Yeah. I, can do what um, I, want. I would be kind of more combative about it, but 
when my daughter says that, I take it seriously because I mm -hmm. love her and I know that she loves me. And I think just for parents out there, like the better we can build the relationship, the stronger that connection is. And people often tell me too, like, oh, just you wait till your daughters are older <laughs> since my oldest is four. Um, and then when she was three, it was like, oh man, she's already a three-nager. Like, <laughs> like she starts yeah. talking back. Yeah, I have three-nagers. Um, yeah. <laughs> they start talking back. They start um, questioning things that you say. And you're like, oh man, like daddy says this. And they're like, well, why? And you're like, well, because I say. Yeah. And and that's that's natural. But I think when you have the relationship, it's fine. And, and as, as a parent, like I try to welcome those things because I want them to understand the reasoning behind it, not just to be this authoritative dictator in the house, but but to really lead as a true father and say like, oh, this is what is best for you. Like, here's where I think that it's unsafe for you or where I think that like you need to be challenged in different ways. And when we have that relationship, it's going to make that stronger and be received well. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of my thoughts on, on that, that it has to start first with that relationship. 100%. And one part that I want to hit on there from that is it has to come from a place of love and trust, but that place of love and trust is at home. If your yeah. kids aren't getting it at home and they never get it at home and it doesn't come from you or your significant other, it doesn't come from within the home, then you have already lost the battle. Whether it, as they get older, whether it comes to peer pressure, recognizing bullying and their future relationships and what they do in those relationships, romantic friendships, whatever, you know, being peer pressured into substance use and all those other things. If those conversations yeah. are not happening at home in a very constructive and loving way and the information isn't being given, it's a myth. And when it could also with safety as well, you know, I'm sure your wife knows this very well, but when it comes to safety of our kids. You know, self-injury, uh, self-harm, very common. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're not having those conversations at home with your kids, because most there's a really weird stigma, which I get. I don't understand it. I work in mental and behavioral health myself. Like people think like, oh, if I talk to them about if I talk to them about sex, if I talk to them about drugs, if I talk to them about cutting themselves, if I talk to them about suicide, if I talk to them about this or if I talk to them about this, they're going to do all those things wrong. You're giving them the information and the resources and tools and what they need to be able to make an informed decision. And then they know they're more than likely not going to make the wrong decision because they know the risk and the, the good and the bad that comes with each of those. And they know where you stand and they know that regardless of the choice that they make, that they're still going to be loved. Kids who don't have those conversations, guess what they're doing? They're going on TikTok, they're going on YouTube, they're Google searching, you know, inaccurate, false, misleading information, and then they're trying substances, they're having unprotected sex as teenagers, they're um, falling into peer pressure, they're cutting just to cut because someone said it was a good thing to do when you feel sad, or all this other stuff. That's what they're doing when you don't have the conversation because they don't have anywhere to get the information from. So they're either trying it to see what it's like or they're 
falling into peer pressure a lot easier because they have no one telling them what the dangers or the harms or the risk or the rewards are. So confidence and then having those conversations and having them at home, huge parts yep. of it. Also, I don't want to get into it, but you also mentioned like getting comments at the store and stuff. Yeah. That bothers me. That bothers <laughs> me. That bothers you me. Know, I will say that like as the dad, I get a lot more favorable comments, like which is just a just a mentality shift, I think. Like mm-hmm. um it's it's sort of interesting this uh like the kind of the two percent uh yeah, different perceptions that people have. But like I take all three kids to the store by myself and it's like a complete disaster. And like uh, I had one time where one of my daughters snuck a Crayola marker <laughs> with her and I turn around and she had like marker all over her mouth. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like she was just was chewing on the tip of this marker. Mm-hmm. And I was in the grocery store. I didn't have much on me. So I'm like trying to wipe her <laughs> and everything. Just looked like a complete mess. But people oftentimes are like, oh, well, like you're such a present father. You're like, you're doing so great. And like all these different kinds of positive comments. Yeah. Um, No, I agree. My wife takes all of the kids to the store and like all these different looks that she gets sometimes. Like, and I'm like, man, she, she does this like the majority of the time. Like she's making it work. She's doing everything and doing it far better than I normally do Mm -hmm. just to be honest um and uh but she gets more harsh judgment i think um and more critique just the way that she parents um and in reality i think like every parent is just trying to do the best they can and i agree and i'm like who who am i to judge like when i see other parents at the store i'm like that's great that you took your kids to the store like we don't all have the luxury of just like um being able to go to the store like kid free all the time. Like you have to live your life, but it's also an opportunity too, as a parent to teach them these things. Like whether you take your kid to the store or you got to go to the post office or whatever, like you, I I try to involve my kids and use it as a learning opportunity. Like, okay, here's where we're going. This is why we have to go there Um, and try to give them opportunities to help in some way, whether it's like loading the shopping cart or um, or just talking to the person like across the counter and asking like what they're doing and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's great for the kids too. hundred percent. And I agree. It is more favorable for dads than moms. It's across the board when it comes to pretty much doing everything, including breathing. Um, <laughs> like, like you said, like, Oh, look, you're a present dad. Look at you doing a good job. Like, Let's clap and do all this for you when I don't know if it was you that posted it or if it was someone else, but someone posted like a journal that did a study about how like um, Gen, not millennials. Like, Gen Z or? No, it was like going backwards, not oh, boomers. Gen X. The one after like boomers, but before millennials. Is it Gen X? I think it's Gen X between I, boomers and millennials. I think so. So Gen X, like if boomers had reported changing diapers, like boomer dads reported changing diapers, like, I don't know, 10% of the time, like 10 of them yeah. had touched or changed a diaper. Gen X had reported, I want to say it was like 20, 30%. Fast forward to the day with millennials and uh, what's after millennials? Gen Z, right? 
Um, yeah, Gen Z, I think. Like Gen Z and millennials and Gen Z, that number skyrockets to like 80, 90%. Like it's yeah. changing. Like I see a lot more. Maybe it's just the circles I'm in and what I talk about and what I, what Google and AI and my FBI security agent decides to push me <laughs> on a given day. But, you know, I get a lot of content saying like, where's the changing room in the dad's, in the dad in the men's bathroom like you know how many times yeah, that's we've a big been there too. like yeah <laughs> i've been to these bathrooms so many times and it's like i need to change my kid but there's yeah. no changing table how am i supposed to change my kid who has poop down her back when there's no changing table in this bathroom and there's no family yeah. restroom like that's where a lot of places are behind uh actually saw something today like someone wanted to like start a fundraiser to help like small businesses and smaller restaurants and places get these like installed for them in the men's bathroom yeah um and i think that'd be really cool oh 100 percent um, agree yeah because i think those are the businesses that need the help the most to start it and it's very easy for communities and people to get behind helping these small businesses incorporate that into what they're doing like, it just sounds like a win-win. It's something, it's an area to start. Yeah. You kind of have to, for something like that, you have to start where it's going to appease the masses. Because you can't just yeah. go about it and be like, sign this petition to get a changing station in every men's bathroom at Walmart, at Target. Like, those guys can go and take care of themselves. Like, if they really want to do it, they'll do it. But whatever. This petition isn't yeah. going to change anything. But when you take it more local into your community, like, Hey, I'm, we're working on this community fundraiser to provide, you know, the top 10 restaurants in the area that were voted top 10 in the area. Yeah. We're going to help provide them changing tables in the men's bathroom to get them buy them and install them for them. Then it's really easy. You find a contractor who will bolt them up real quick for no cost. Yeah. You find, then you start getting donations from the community. You hold fundraisers. Then you start bringing out different organizations. You find the behavioral health services, the mental health services. You get all these different places of churches and things involved. And then it just pops off and it's like you're a local hero at, at that essence. Yeah. Then it starts small and that starts in one community. And then it, then you go to a neighboring community and you find a group of people who want to do the same thing there. Or they caught wind of it and they're like, hey, we want to do the same in our city for our top 10 restaurants. And then the next, you know, 11 through 20 are like, hey you know, can we get in on the next one and support you guys and help you guys, you know, fundraise for this as well and put our name behind it because we think that's a good cause. And then it goes from 10 restaurants yeah. to now you're at 40 restaurants. Now you're at 60 restaurants. And now you're starting to make headlines locally and at the state level and the county level. And then it starts to spread. It starts small though. Yeah. Starting your community. I'm all for it. Yeah. Let me know if that's going on. Like I'd be the first to share it, post it. Like, yeah, back it, all that. Like, oh, I, really? I've been thinking about doing that because whenever, like, we went to the public library and I was like, this is a place for families. And in the bathroom, this men's bathroom, I guess, uh, there was no changing table. I was like, this should be a library. This should be, like, of all the places, like, you'd have your kids. That's a common thing for dads 
to take your kid to the library. And often like sometimes by myself, because it's like an easy place for dads just to take the kids by themselves. Yeah. And I was like, there should be, there should be a changing station. So yeah, I'd love to support a cause like that. That sounds yeah, I awesome. I think it'd be, I think it'd be cool. And it'd be really easy to do it on a local level, but um, yeah, I would totally get behind it. And I don't think it would yeah. be that hard to do. Like, you need one contractor yeah. who can bolt them up. You need 10 business. Oh, sure. Find your top 10 restaurants. Google it. Go to Yelp. Find your top 10 restaurants. Contact them. Do you guys have a changing table in your men's restroom? No. Okay. We're going to put you on a list for something we're doing. Would you be interested in helping us, you know, put your name behind this, this thing that we're doing? You could do, you could literally knock Absolutely. it out in like a week and get <laughs> it rolling and post it in your community buy, sell trade pages and all that. Yeah to get it rolling one so. step beyond that if i may um yeah of course i yeah i just want to shout out uh family restrooms because especially as a girl dad like i i don't always feel now now my you know when i have babies it like it doesn't really matter i just like mm -hmm. bring them with me throw them on the changing table now that my oldest is four and she's starting to get like more wandering and, and stuff and i and especially if i have multiple kids with me at the same time and I'm the only one to be able to take them into the bathroom. Um, it is challenging, like taking them into the men's restroom, like having girls. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, you do your, you do the best you can. Um, and yeah, like I'm, I'm curious, kind of uh, across the board, like what, yeah, different parents' views are. I think like my family my view as a dad is are, like, yeah, family restrooms are a saving grace. Now my two are kind of my old my youngest one is potty trained. Uh she she's almost three. She's not three yet, but she's close enough. Um so she's she's three. The older one, she's fully potty trained. She's been fully potty trained about probably for about I don't know, probably about since she was like two and three, four months. So she was potty trained pretty early, um, all things considered. But now the older one can take her potty and I can just wait outside the restroom. Uh yeah. Do I hear screaming and fighting a lot of the time when they're in there? Yeah, absolutely. Do I have to deal with it? No, that's her sister's problem. Um, she gets to work through that with her and help her. But no, they they make it work. They gotten used to it. But you know, family restrooms are a saving grace, especially the ones that yeah. have two toilets. Like they have the little tiny toilet. Oh, uh huh. And then there's a big toilet. So if you have multiple kids that all need to go at the same time, like the littlest one goes on the little yeah. potty and then they put the bigger one on the bigger potty. And then there's two sinks and then you can both <laughs> wash your hands. And it's oh, that's great. much more streamlined. They have one of those here. It's at the mall and it's the best. What drives me crazy about family bathrooms though, is when there's just a single person in there and you're waiting and they just come out and you know what they did in there. And it's like, really? Like, you couldn't go in the other one? Like, leave it open. Anyone who uses a family bathroom just for yourself, you're awful. It's like, it's comparing it to, I don't know, what's something comparable? Um, <laughs> I was I was just thinking, like, handicapped parking spots or something like that. That's what my mind like... went to, too. <laughs> like, if uh, you where it's, like, reserved for a reason. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Like, it's not for you. It's not for you. It's for me and my children. So that I don't have to take them into this gross men's bathroom. You don't need to make this family restroom gross. This is serves a purpose for me and for these other families, not for you to 
have a quiet place to poop. So that's yeah. just that's and, just and we're point. potty training right now. It's kind of interesting because uh, my oldest is four, and um, yeah, we're trying to potty train earlier, and we're still in the process. Um, but now that the two-year-old sees the older one, we're kind of potty training together, which is great. Mm -hmm. And then the bathrooms that have like the step stools are really great because that's all part of the the process. And the more that you can encourage them to be independent, um, do all the things by themselves, I think is great. 100%. So my tip there, just personally, get your, buy a little plastic stool from the cleaning section. Mm-hmm. they'll use that thing for everything it will get used and abused <laughs> and they will love using that stool that stool will come in handy you tell the older one to go get dressed and you have stuff on a hanger and she needs to get it guess what she uses that stool she gets her dress done by herself and she's so happy and so proud of herself um yeah but that and then get like one of those little potties too those are great um those are great yeah. can't can't recommend those enough but along with that incentive Think of potty training a child like you would train a dog to do tricks. Um, And I mean this in the most loving way. But for my youngest one, I had to train her with Skittles and Mm M&Ms. If she peed in the potty, she got one M&M. If she pooped, she got two M&Ms. You know, higher value, more Um, (laughs) M&Ms kind of thing. But (laughs) it works. You know, you got to give them incentive. Kids are very, it's a very simple incentive. Go to the gas station, go buy two packs of M&Ms. You'll have your kid potty trained in a week. Um, So, go ahead. So we had the M&Ms, we had the stool, and we had the little potty. And we had a, I think she was three at the time, a three-year-old that was super smart (laughs) and conniving. And we were in the other room. And she got her stool, put it on top of her little potty, and reached up on the counter and grabbed the entire bag of M&Ms. See? Exactly. We're like, all right. So she is smart, and we're going to try to find a better spot for those M&Ms. Keep them up high. (laughs) But yeah. You know, they're a reward. But no, I I highly recommend, like, get the stool, because then the stool can be used for hand washing. They can do it themselves. And Get a pump soap. Pump soaps work really well because bars can be hard, but pump soap's fun because it comes out foamy and it's a pump. And um, just make sure when your little one's potty training and learning how to wash your hands, just make sure you're in there because soap and water will be all over because it's fun, it's bubbles, and it makes a good time. Um, But no, it's potty training's fun. It's definitely. Hopefully you get the first two potty trained before it's time to potty train the third one. That's yeah. that's your goal. Get those two potty trained. So then it's that third one will be like, well, everyone else uses the toilet. I want to <laughs> use it. Um, biggest sign that you probably know this, but biggest sign for parents who are first time parents and not there yet. When they start to rip off their diapers a lot. That was that's the sign I've lived by is like as soon as you they start to rip off their diapers and they kind of start looking at the bathroom and seeing what's going on in there and you know getting interested and whatnot then you know introduce them sit them on the toilet you know show them what's up um, every kid's gonna be different every kid's boys are 
boys and girls, a lot different to potty train. Girls are probably way easier mm -hmm. because they sit and they can't get it everywhere. Boys, it's going to be everywhere. I don't envy boy parents at all when it comes to this, when it comes to potty training. But um, I heard Cheerios work really well for boys. Um, kind of like, what's that one? Skeet shooting? Yeah. 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 Or Fruit Loops. You got like the exactly. different colors for yeah. different point values. Exactly. <laughs> Matthew, do not go and get take your kids Fruit Loops <laughs> to the bathroom. Yeah. Don't take the kids Fruit Loops to the bathroom. Please don't. But uh, as we wrap up here, Matthew, I wanted to do something with you. I wanted to do the YDP3 yeah. with you. It's three questions to help, you know, the listeners and me kind of just know more about you and just in general, um, some advice and some things that you live by. So the first one here, where are you rooted? Like what? Yeah, that's a great question. Where do your roots run? So I'm a proud Colorado native. Um, grew up in Colorado. Um, I went to school in Santa Fe, but uh, yeah, came back to Colorado. My wife is from here as well. Um, and we have the privilege of raising our three daughters here. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just been wonderful. I love the mountains. Um, I miss the beach sometimes, <laughs> but the mountains are great. Um, and yeah, this is where I call home. Love it. And where are you rooted like more symbolically? Like where do your roots run? just great through life. Yeah. I would say family is super important to me. Um, we have chosen to live close to our parents. Um, so it's great that we have both sets of family very close to us and often like, uh, our siblings, aunts and uncles are great. They're part of our kids' lives. Um, grandparents are part of our kids' lives. Um, so that's something that's always been, uh, very important to us. Um, we've stayed close to our like family community, friend community, and then, um, like our faith community around here. I love that. I think that's so important for kids to be, to be somewhere that you're familiar with, like be somewhere comfortable for yourself and for your kids. Like now that I'm here in the Tri-Cities in Washington, like it's, like it's where my kids are used to now. It's like my fiance is like, I don't ever really want to leave here. And I'm like, I'm stuck in the Tri-Cities for the rest of my life. This is going to be great. Um, I love it. I'm so excited. But no, but like, it's so interesting to think like, where are you rooted? Where do your roots run? Like, what's important to you? Like, where, where, where are your values? And you said fam family is so important, you know, especially for our kids, being able to have those connections and those you know especially yeah. natural supports because every mm -hmm. aunt every uncle every grandparent every everyone that they're connected to cousins and everyone is just someone who can and will support them because maybe yeah. maybe it's not coming to you or to your wife or something maybe it is going to be the crazy aunt that everyone's like that sister <laughs> is the crazy one but maybe that's the one your middle child connects to the most and who she really trusts, yeah. or maybe your youngest one connects to the other uncle. That's like, oh, that's the last person I thought you connect to. But maybe they just have a really good connection for some reason, um, you know. And it's beautiful yeah. to be able to see grandparents, you know, their grandparents, and be able to interact with them. And that whole dynamic of when you're like, what the heck? You didn't treat me like that. 
Now you got McDonald's money. Hi. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the grandparents love spoiling the kids. Like, it's like everything. It's like we like we go anywhere and they're the kids know not to ask us when we go to the gift shop they they're asking the grandparents <laughs> to get something and the grandparents it's just like you know handing out uh just dollar bills everywhere <laughs> like yeah and and they're so excited um but it's it's a great relationship i will say though i wanted to add one disclaimer to that and um i just say this because not everybody has um the greatest family uh dynamics and stuff very true um so every parent i think has to make that decision for their family um i think you know it, it goes both ways i've heard stories of uh grandparents like purposefully distant from their kids and parents wanting them to be more involved in their kids lives and i've heard uh other stories of um, grandparents sometimes being overbearing where they mm -hmm. want to be so involved and uh, parents wanting more boundaries in their life. And I think that every parent has to decide together if, if you're parenting together, but has to decide for their family, what is the best relationship that they want for their kids. And I think that's good. That goes back to the relationships again. Like you need to know the people that your kids are interacting with, whether it's family or friends, and decide if that person is someone that you want to have uh, an influence on your kids. And there's some really wonderful things uh, that can happen, what, like you said, uh, when you have aunts and uncles and other family um, that's making a positive impact for your family. And and there's so many wonderful things. It's, it's amazing even in my own family uh, to see the ways that my girls benefit from those different relationships. But I think it also comes with just knowing uh, those lines that you have to set uh, in your own family. 100%. And I think that's so true. Like, for me personally, my biological mother, nowhere near myself, nowhere near my family, nowhere near my kids. I don't even know if she knows she has grandchildren, like my biological mother. Um, you know, I, I never told her she was never invited to my wedding. She was never told the grandkids or anything like that. Um, you know, it's my dad, he, he chooses to be a little bit more distant. That's just him. That's just who he is. But like, Whenever I'm talking to him on the phone and the kids are around, like he talks to them, he interacts with them, things like that, you know, and it's, everyone's different on how they are. And sometimes you do have to set those boundaries and, you know, you have to, you have to hold those boundaries. You know, what are you going to allow and what are you going to be firm on, firm, firm on? And you're going to have to check, you know, your own parents sometimes like, yo, look, stop, back off be grandma, be grandpa, like have yeah. fun with them. Don't try to overstep my parenting kind of yeah. thing. Don't overstep what I'm doing. You know, hold those boundaries. Make sure you, you know, make sure you and your partner are on the same page. Like, Hey, you know, you got mad at my mom for doing that. And your mom's doing the same thing. Like let's be even across the board, have those hard conversations, but those hard conversations ultimately lead to growth. But uh, second one yeah. here, what grounds you? Like, where do you find yourself being grounded on a daily basis? Like, what helps you feel grounded? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind with this question is my faith. Um, I have a strong faith background. Um, I'm Catholic. And so, like, everything that I see is in relationship to 
that faith foundation, uh, my relationship to God, um, my belief in Jesus. Um, and that's the way that my wife and I are choosing to raise our kids um, in that faith background. Um, so even though like my podcast platform is not like politically or religiously affiliated mm -hmm. um, directly, um, just as a human, um, that's, that's the belief that I have. Um, and so I, I share that, uh, sometimes on the podcast, um, if it comes up, um, and I welcome like people sharing their own faith backgrounds, uh, on the podcast and other ways, um, that I connect with people. But, uh, yeah, but that's, that's really, um, as I said, everything comes back to relationship. And I think that my relationship with God and, um, and everything in, in that faith lens uh, through a Catholic lens um, has just been this beautiful gift uh, that I've accepted and has, add, has added so much value uh, to my life, um, so much purpose, um, so much joy um, in the way that I approach life, in the way that I approach my relationships, and, and in the way that I'm uh, trying to raise my kids. I love that. I love that. And that's so important, like, for so many people, like... And we're the same way here. Obviously, you know, our our podcast, we're not a Christian podcast, but we are we do talk about faith a lot. We we aren't afraid to touch it, we aren't afraid to bring it up. We're we aren't afraid of it, you know. If that's how, you know, God wants us to be used and we're a vessel and that's how we can reach more people and what our message is not tame, not focused around, but a part of our message, and that's a part of our message and it needs to resonate with someone for some reason, you know, there's no mm -hmm. mistakes there. And, you know, I think it's really important. My daughters, same story. They're being raised in church. They're very familiar with it. Like we're up at our church building twice a week on Sundays for church. And then on Mondays for Awana, you know, like we're very, very involved in our faith and our faith community and whatnot, because it's, it's just that it's a community. It's not only just about yeah. the gospel and the scripture, like it's about the people as well. Like, you can make connections and friends and people who are going to support you and support your kids and be there for you and care about you and stuff. Just a very wholesome, very non, well, not all disclaimer, not all churches are non-judgmental. Like there are judgmental people wherever you go. Um, but, you know, for the most part, like supportive and there, and it's a great, you know, integrated kind of place um, to where people are accepted. So obviously we're not telling you to be Catholic or be Christian, but if you have a faith and it works for you or a spiritual background is something that works for you in this aspect, like lean into it, give into that because it, it can help ground you and just remember, you know, help you make those harder decisions and have those tougher conversations. But hundred percent agree with you. Like it's, it's huge in, in my life as well. And it helps you make those important decisions and to think things through how you're going to act or react or do certain things with certain people and with your kids and your relationship, especially. Um, so important. So yeah. important. And I also think that so much of the time, like I want to do things by myself. Like I want to take, take charge, um, be the man of the house, <laughs> the dad, et cetera. And man, so often I just fall flat on my face <laughs> and just having um, a belief in something or someone greater than myself is just, it's such a comforting thing to be like, you know what, like I'm put on this earth for a reason. Like I have a creator. I have someone that loves me, um, that created me for a purpose and that I don't have to do this alone. 
um, that I'm made for something more and I don't have to be the one that shoulders everything. So um, yeah, that's given me so much comfort. 100%. Yeah, that's actually something I wrote about a few weeks ago. Um, It's over on my website. Um, I wrote about just how we don't have to shoulder it. It's not, we're not alone and uh, we're not meant to be alone. You know, we're put, we're here for a purpose. We're here to be vessels for the message that we're supposed to share and we're given different talents and whatnot. Like obviously you and I, we were, we were given the ability and the reasoning for some reason to have our platforms and to have our shows and to reach thousands of people and for people to listen to us for thousands of hours in total and whatnot. And, you know, there's, there's a reason for it. There's a reason, you know, there's no mistakes. There's no coincidences. I believe like, you know, God makes no mistakes, you know, it's not a coincidence or anything like that to how you connect with people or how things how people come in and out of your life. Like there's no mistakes. There's always something to learn or gain from all those different experiences and whatnot. But um, 100% right. You know, we have a creator who loves us and put us here for a purpose. And our goal is to fulfill that purpose, not only as, you know, just men in general, but as fathers, as husbands, as men and people and good people to our to our communities and to our network. So 100% agree with you there. Um, last one here question i ask everyone here on the podcast toward the end here what is the advice that you have for a father who is down in the dumps struggling just in a really dark place what are you saying to that father who also has three kids under four but is just drowning and just can't feel to get out of it yeah i would say first that you are loved. I think that is something that is easy said, but it's hard received sometimes. But we have to come to the place to allow ourselves to understand that truth that we are loved. And like from a faith background, we are loved by God. But if you are struggling with that in your life, um maybe you don't believe in God, uh Maybe um, it's hard to accept those different kinds of things, to think about something um, in, in terms of that faith background, but you are loved and then you are loved by your kids. Um, I think that we are given the opportunity in very natural ways um, in our family dynamics. Like when you become a father, like that experience for me, I'm sure so many other fathers had this same experience. You look at that child and immediately it's just this amazing feeling of love that I've never felt in the same way before. Um, And it's just so natural. um, And it's just such a gift. And the way that your child then looks at you as their father, you are loved. So that's what I would say. Um, it's so hard uh, to give like specific advice because people are in so many different ways, different 100%. situations, but that should be the foundation is know that you are valued and you are loved. And then whatever, given your situation, whatever that situation is, find that community to support you because that's out there. Um, and don't give up, keep fighting, keep getting connected to your community. Um, there's amazing resources out there like this podcast and, and many others. Um, so find those voices uh, to keep encouraging you and keep doing the good fight. 
100%, man. And I couldn't agree with you more. Like, that's where the mess. I actually said that today when I was out of training um, for work. And I mentioned that same thing. Like, it comes because we were talking about race and like cultural, all these cultural different things and things like that. But it's like the thing that I shared in that yeah. was like, people need to feel like they're loved. Like, you are loved. Like, look around you. Like, maybe you are single, but do you have friends that love and care about you? likely do you have kids that love you likely unless you're just a total deadbeat or whatnot then maybe not but majority speaking here yes do you have a parental figure or a grandparental figure or an aunt uncle or some kind of family that loves you yes it's up to you to reach out and get that love people don't can't know they need to love you if you aren't you know, reach down and asking for that love. Sometimes you do have to ask. It's not just going to be freely given. But when you do ask, then it is going to be freely given after that. People don't know unless you let them know. You know, don't be afraid to communicate that need. And just remember that you are worthy of that love. You do deserve it. You are okay to receive it. It's okay to ask. Like, don't don't be afraid. You're, you are loved and you are worthy to be loved. So just to piggyback on that and to just, you know, strengthen that a little bit more. But uh, Matthew, we're, Thank you. we're right about there at that time, man. And it's been a great conversation with you. I can't believe it's already been almost an hour. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, and, it goes by fast. Thank you. It goes by so fast and it's so fun <laughs> and it's, it's a roller coaster in itself. So uh, thanks for coming on. Go ahead and tell the people where they can find you. Great. Thank you. So Girl Dad Nation is on all the pod podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Um, so go check that out. I interview dads of daughters um, mostly. And then I also share some practical dad advice uh, called dad hacks in some episodes. Um, so that's been really great. I hope to have Jay on my podcast soon. So check that out. <laughs> and then I'm also on social media. So mostly on Instagram at girl dad nation, uh, but I'm also on Twitter. Uh, I think it's now X, Twitter <laughs> um, <slash> X. and <laughs> Twitter slash X um, and Facebook uh, for people still on Facebook. So uh, yeah, uh, check it, check us out. Um, girl dad nation on all the things. Awesome. Well, Matthew, thanks again for coming on um, audience. Go ahead and do your thing. Give us a rousing round of applause and we'll catch you next week. Any audience? Oh, they're asleep. Well, we're going to say goodnight. Goodnight. <laughs> Thank you. Man, that episode was a lot of fun. It was a really good time. Really appreciate to our guests today for just sharing all that they shared with us today. Tons of fun. Just a quick message before we let you go here from your host, JNA Aaron. If you didn't know it, now you do. Jay is a published children's book author. Yes, our very own Jay. Check out his book, A Baseball Game with Dad. It's over on Amazon right now for only $10. Links in the show notes. Another link down in the show notes. We partner with Four Fathers Clothing. Yes, Four Fathers Clothing. They are amazing. Nick's a great guy. Great story. Great, amazing, fun polos for yourself and also matching polos for you and your kid. You can click the link down in the show notes or in the bio to save yourself some money, support the podcast, and support their amazing brand. Don't forget to also join us over on Facebook and Instagram at Young Dad Podcast. Help us grow our social media presence and communities as we continue to grow this podcast. 
as we approach 50 episodes here. Lastly, if you're listening on Spotify, interact with the polls, the questions, five stars. If you're over on YouTube, subscribe, like the video, comment, share. If you're on Apple, leave a five-star rating and also review for us to read on our next show. We would love to read that. Any other podcast platforms, whatever you're able to do, rate, review, comment, please do it. And lastly, share with a friend. Share the podcast with a friend. If you know one parent, one dad that could really benefit from the message of the show, share it with them. Share it with them. Share our Instagram page with them at Young Dad Pod over on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, slash X. You can also find us on our website at ballboymedia.com. And lastly, all of our links and everything I just mentioned is all in our link tree. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash ballboyblog. Find us over there. All the links, everything that you would need to know about Ballboy Media, Ballboy Blog, and the Young Dad Podcast all in one convenient place for you. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay well. And remember, you are loved. You are worthy. And you got this, Dad. Keep your head up.